Welcome Coopersville Reformed Church and friends to episode two of Sermon Breakdown. I am here with Jackson DeRose. What's yes, up, sir? Jack? What up, man? What's up, baby? What up? How do you feel? Yesterday, Jackson brought an amazing message to the people of CRC and those watching online, man. How, how do you feel on the Monday after bringing the message on Sunday? Mm. Man, it's a joy to be at CRC. Yeah. I love I love the people at CRC. I love the church. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. And so it's a joy, man. It's a joy. Yeah. Give us 30 seconds, man. People may not know this, especially if they don't teach on a regular basis. Um, but how do you feel like after bringing a message, whether it's two services, three services, one service, um, like how do you feel afterwards, like physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally? I mean, it's a, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting um people you got to know this like johnny when he gets done preaching man he's gassed he is exhausted man it's exhausting it takes a lot it takes a lot out of you but it's a good kind of exhausting and the lord the lord provides rest yeah i mean i know preachers or pastors regular teachers who um, have to take multiple days off after sunday just to be able to rebound from the crash of post-sermon if you're preaching enough sermons i could see that yeah dog it's a real thing um i'm grateful uh i struggle with it a little bit uh, but maybe not as much as some of my friends um, that have shared with me and so Mm. hey excited for us to get into this episode so john chapter 8 verses 30 through 47 was the message yesterday Mm -hmm. the the title was the truth has set you free One, if you haven't checked out that message, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, Coopersville RC, and check that out. Or you can go to our uh, Spotify or Apple Music and search CRC Sermons, and you can check that out. Would you do me a favor, do us a favor, and give us the Cliff Notes version in like 120 seconds or less of yesterday's message? Yeah, so Jesus is in this conversation. He's talking with some Jews and some Pharisees. And we learn that in the midst of this conversation where these Jewish leaders are trying to catch Jesus in a lie, people come to believe in him. So some Jews have now become believers in Jesus Christ. And now the Pharisees are kind of coming at Jesus some more. And Jesus speaks to these new believers and he tells them that if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and you will be set free. And that is a powerful word, mm-hmm. something about the truth of, of the word of God, which Jesus is referring to the gospel, the good news yeah. that the Messiah has come. Something about the truth of what that means for us has the power to set us free. Yeah. And the truth that, that means for us can be broken down in a lot of ways. But the way I broke it down yesterday was in terms of our personhood and our purpose, that we have God-given personhood that is identity and purpose, that is calling and gifts through the Holy Spirit. And those are good things, good personhood, good purpose. And oftentimes those good things come under attack by lies. Mm. And those lies come from a lot of different sources, from the accuser, from our flesh. You know, you think about the media that we consume, the news that we watch, social media, 
all these things, just coworkers and friends, just people around us all the time are telling us lies about our personhood and our purpose. Yeah. And Jesus is calling us in the word to know his, his truth, mm. to know the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Because in the truth of the gospel, we have the power to stand firm in the midst of the lies. Yeah. And in that is freedom. Because f- lies are naturally enslaving. They enslave us and they, they hold us back from what God wants for us. And in, in his word, we have the ability to, to be set free. And, and that's good news. That's really good news. So let's talk a little bit more about that, Jackson. Um, and you feel free. We talked a little bit before, but you feel free to share as little or as much as you feel the Lord is leading you to share. Um, but how in this season specifically is the enemy attacking your personhood, your identity in Christ, your calling that God has placed on your life? And and how are you wrestling with that? And how are you uh, dealing with that throughout throughout the process of being a 21-year-old young man who has been called to leadership within the church? Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's real for me, man. I mean, this this sermon has been working within me for close to two years. Mm -hmm. You know, I first preached it February of 2023, Mm -hmm. so a year ago. Yeah. And then it was six months before that that I decided I was going to preach it. Mm -hmm. And it came from this place of me having been in counseling due to some anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And I began to realize in that process all the lies that I've been believing. Yeah. And these lies about my identity and about my calling and just from ways that I processed things poorly when I was a kid mm-hmm. and some shame from my childhood yeah, and just stuff that tears me apart to this day, really. And, and I just became aware, aware of how I was believing lies about who I was mm-hmm. and lies about where God is at in that. And mm-hmm. As I, in counseling, as I started to experience freedom in that and freedom in the word of God and what God says about me and and what is true, it was that summer of, I guess, 2022, it would have been that I came across John 8. And obviously I've read John 8 a million times before, Mm -hmm. but in my reading at this time, the words just jumped off the page, Mm -hmm. just hit me right in the heart. And I was like, that's it. Mm -hmm. I've seen that. I've seen the truth set me free. I have seen the way the lies have wreaked havoc in my life. I have seen the destruction of the lies of the enemy. And I've seen the power of the truth. And as that hit home for me, you know, at the same time, I'm ministering to, to all these students every week. And I'm like, man, these students need this. Because I'm, they're starting to share stuff with me, and and I'm I'm starting to be like, man, I'm seeing lies. There's a lie there. There's a lie there. There's there's lies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going home and talking to my roommates, and I'm like, guys, we're all believing lies. Mm-hmm. The the world is full of lies. Mm-hmm. People are believing lies about what it looks like to to have to be happy. People are believing lies about what they really need and where their contentment is going to come from. The problem is is, is lies. Come on. Lies are, are a huge issue. And so I'm experiencing this and I'm starting to use this language with my students and with my friends of, of like, that's a lie. We need to speak truth into that. 
And in the midst of that, I'm like, the, the I got to preach this. I got to preach this word to these students. So then in our, we always plan because we, we have, you know, a packed schedule with students and we were preaching every Wednesday mm -hmm. and I do the majority of the teaching, but we like to schedule guest speakers in there and stuff like that. And so we plan that like four or five months in advance. And so in our August planning meeting for that, you know, spring 2023 semester, I was like, I'm doing a one-off I'm doing it on the, how, how, how the truth sets you free. And so that was the first time I preached it. And then I got to preach it for the congregation, the whole congregation in November of this past year. So November of 2023. And, and then getting to preach it now is interesting yeah. because I find myself in a, in a, in a, in a wild season. And, you know, obviously you walk with me daily mm -hmm. pretty much. So, you know, you know where I'm at and where my story is. Mm -hmm. And recently I got, I got diagnosed with with OCD and it's it makes a lot of sense when you look at when you look at my life and you look at my story mm. and and how I tend to respond and process things and in the midst of that has come an awareness of how capable we are as humans to believe lies mm. Can you unpack that a little bit? So OCD. So some people listening might think OCD, that just means you're a clean freak. Or that just means like, oh, if the kitchen counter isn't completely bare, like, yeah, you're freaking out or something like, can you unpack what OCD looks like for you on a regular basis? Yeah. So OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, is a mental health uh, disorder where if you have OCD, your amygdala is actually larger. And due to a larger amygdala, amygdala is the fear center of your brain. You respond to fear stimuli in a stronger way. And due to, it's a mixture of nature and nurture. It's, it's genetic in a certain way. And then it's also, um, there are you know, nurture factors to it. Mm -hmm. And at some point in your developmental years, they say you develop OCD around 15, somewhere around there. Okay. Uh, most people do. And it's a, it's this way in which your brain takes hold of certain nurturing factors and makes them these fear factors in your brain. And for some people that's like clean cleanliness or, you know, food stuff or it's different for, for everybody. And, um, that's just kind of the ways that people think about it, you sure. know, but it, yeah. it looks, it looks different for a lot of different people. Yeah. And in the midst of that, what happens is you latch onto these fears hmm. and then it becomes this cycle in your brain. If you get afraid of something that your brain was nurtured into processing poorly. And in response to that, you feel fear. And then because you feel fear, you think there's something you're supposed to do with that fear. When there's nothing you can do with that fear, because most of the times it's an irrational, ungrounded fear. Yeah. And that's where the compulsion comes in. So you have this fear response and your brain's like, you got to do something about this. So then you start compulsing. Mm -hmm. And the most, they call it the OG compulsion is something called rumination. Mm -hmm. so if you ever met someone with OCD, you know that their mind when they're in a tough season with OCD is just constantly 24 seven from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep, ruminating about something. Mm -hmm. And the core of that is you feel fear 
and then you believe there's something you can do. There's something you can solve. And if you just think about it enough, you can solve it. When in reality, there's nothing to solve and there's nothing you can do and there's nothing to fix. There's nothing going on there other than you have OCD. And, and so that's kind of what OCD is in like a really short explanation of it. Yeah, good. And in the midst of that, these lies that trigger fears, as that cycle goes, you end up believing the lie more and more and it becomes more and more embedded within you. And that's where OCD can just be this terrible thing. I mean, you've seen me in the midst mm -hmm. of OCD and obsessive um, spirals mm -hmm. and it gets wild. Yeah. The places the brain can go and the thing, like, you know, some of the things that I struggle with believing yeah. and it's like, how did the brain get there? Yeah. You know, how did we get there? And, and OCD does that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, just so some of you guys know about our backstory, but I've known Jackson, Jackson since he was about 13 years old. Um, and like I'm looking back now, knowing what I know now of you and what has been diagnosed and what you have now been working through with a professional licensed counselor. And I'm looking like, wow, like we would have services. Jackson was like production, everything at the, at the last church that I was a part of his hometown of Mantino, Illinois, where I was serving as campus pastor through Cornerstone church. And, and like after a service, dude, you'd be like, it wasn't good enough. Like it wasn't perfect. This one thing, this one little thing went wrong in the service. And I was like, oh, that's it. Like, that's not bad for us, you know? And, <laughs> and like, I look back now saying, oh shoot, like there it was. And then you, you're living with that on, in every area of your life, 15, 16, 17, 18, yeah. going off to college mm -hmm. and, and now being able to discover and know what you know now yeah. is, is really interesting. It's a blessing, really. Most people don't get yeah. diagnosed until they're like 35. Yeah. And so it's a blessing to be able to, to deal with it now. And people who don't know what OCD is and, you know, they think it's, they, they have perceptions about it. But it, it's terrible. It, it really is terrible. It, it, it's, it, it, it can wreak havoc in your life. Mm -hmm. and, and where I think, you know, my story meets this text in this moment is that, that, that realization that, you know, I use this analogy a lot that when it comes to the, the, the truth about our God-given personhood and our purpose, most of us would get 100% on the test. Mm -hmm. If you had a test in front of you, and it was true or false. God loves you. True. True. You'd say true. True or false, you're forgiven. True. True. You know, yeah. true, true or false, you know, God wants to use you. True. True. You know, you, you, you'd get 100% on yeah. that test. Yeah. And there's a difference between you knowing the truth intellectually and then you living like the truth is true mm -hmm. about you. And living like the truth is really uh, applies to you too. Yeah. And that's so real. Yeah. And OCD has made me so aware of that in myself and in others. Because yeah. even people who don't have OCD, their capacity to believe lies and live a lie is so greater than people think. Because people are like, I'm not dumb. I know the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not dumb. You're not dumb. I believe you know the truth. Mm -hmm. And I walk with people on a weekly basis who are 
submerged in the lies, mm -hmm. head underwater, drowning in the lies, mm -hmm. and they don't even realize it. Doug, you are segueing into so a couple of you um, shared shared some questions. So we're gonna we're gonna just segue right into those questions right now. And the first question is, how do we discern lies mixed with seeds of truth? Yeah, that's that's where a lot of that is where a lot of people struggle, right? Because you 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 grip onto a lie. Like like I'll just use me for example, and you know this about me. I struggle with the lie that I'm because of my childhood stuff I did when I was like 13 and younger, mm -hmm. like stuff from that time frame in my life is going to disqualify me from ministry now mm -hmm. that my story is too hard, mm -hmm. that my, my sin is too great, mm -hmm. you know? And, and there, there's, there's, you know, that's not true, but there's truth in there. Sure. Have I sinned? Absolutely. Have I hurt people? Absolutely. Have I, created brokenness in myself and others absolutely there's a sense in which we all have mm -hmm. we've all fallen short of the glory of god mm -hmm. and so that's true that is true and that doesn't disqualify me yes yes no what'd you say no it doesn't <laughs> yes yeah yes, i got right. you i got yeah. you and you know, that's where people get caught up. Absolutely. It's where Adam and Eve got caught up. And I think that's Matt's question. And Matt brought that up. Yeah. When you think about the garden, yeah. God says, did God, did, you know, God, God doesn't want you to be like him. Yeah. He doesn't want you to be like him knowing good and evil. Yeah. Because then you'll, then you'll know good and evil and you'll be like God. Yeah. And there's truth in that. Sure. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they did know the difference between good and evil. Yeah. They knew there's this thing called sin and it's real and it has consequences. Yeah. Right. They knew that in that moment. And that's the same thing for us, sure. Right? That that tr that that lie that they believed that had a hint of truth mm. is what we deal with every day. The lie that I'm disqualified. There's truth. I'm a sinner, and I'm fully forgiven and redeemed. The blood of Jesus has covered all of it. And that's where people get lost yeah. because what ends up happening and you made a great point about this and we were just talking for a few seconds before this what happens is the way we get submerged in the lies is when we focus too much on the truth in the lie mm. which what we're really doing then is we're focusing too much on our sin or focusing too much on mm -hmm. what is that little truth in the lie when there's a bigger picture? If you want to explain that some more, you'll explain it better than yeah, I Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. So the idea here is that we are to behold God. We, we are to behold the one in whom we are created in and for and by. We are, we are created for God. He has stamped his image on us and we are to behold him. You know, when you look at the U.S. currency, and those who work in our federal government, and, and they seek to um, stop counterfeit scammers from, from bringing counterfeit money into our um, system of currency, they're not studying the counterfeit money that they're bringing in. They're studying the original. That They are studying the dollar, the five, the 20, the 50, the 100. They're, they're studying that 
And in knowing the original, they will be able to spot a counterfeit. Yeah. And so when we study, when we behold Christ, when we behold the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, when a lie comes up against that and right. comes against our God-given purpose and identity, then we will be able to, Lord willing, um, for operating in the spirit and not in the flesh, we will be able to say, hey, that's a lie, and we need to distinguish right. that from the truth. Right, and that is, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Because like the OG currency of the faith, like to use your analogy, the OG currency of the faith, the real $100 bill is the heart of God. Yes. And so when, again, look at Adam and Eve, when the serpent said to them, God doesn't want you to be like him. He'll, he knows you'll be like him and that you'll know good and evil. They're thinking, oh, God's, God's withholding from me. Mm -hmm. God's scared that I'm going to take his authority. Mm -hmm. You know, and the the fault there is they didn't know the heart of god yeah the heart of god is not withholding the heart of god is i want to give you authority yeah. and dominion yeah and i want to be with you yeah and the heart of god is i don't want you to sin because sin means separation yes sin means brokenness yes and i don't want that for you because i love you that's the heart of god yeah and where Adam and Eve missed the mark was they didn't know the heart of God. Mm. And that's the same thing for us. Mm. Right. And, and, and again, bring it back to my story, right? The lie that I, I, I would be disqualified from ministry. Do I, do I feel bad about my past? Yeah. I feel bad about my past. I feel terrible. Yeah. And I, this is the thing my counselor harps on me all the time. I have way too big shame. My shame is just way too big for my story. And I can start believing the lie that that's God's heart for me. Mm. I can be praying and a lie comes in. God's mad at you right now. Mm. God's mad at you. And I, I almost get to these places where I'm scared to approach the throne of God because mm. I don't feel worthy. Mm. How misunderstood mm. is the heart of God in that? Yeah. And I, I mean, I know, at least for me and my community, that that's not just me. Yeah, It's a lot of us. We get to these places where we begin to miss the heart of God because our eyes are so focused on the lies. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, the, the heart of God comes in and, and just obliterates lies. The heart of God comes in and says, you know, the old has passed away, the new has come. Yeah. The heart of God comes in and says, I did not come to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. The heart of the God comes in and says, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You, you were sanctified. Oh. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. The heart of God comes in and says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who would believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the heart of God. Yes. And we miss that because we spend so much time focusing on the lies and even the truth in the lies. And so the challenge is to zoom out and say, can I get out of the weeds for a minute? And can I see the heart of God in this? And the only way you do that, and this is where Jesus is so wise because he can say so much and so little, 
is the way you do that is by abiding in the word. John 15. John 15. Mm. That's right. That's right. Bear good fruit. Mm -hmm. That that is where you see that is Jesus is so wise in the way that he's conveying to us through John this message in John 8 and John 15. It's really through the whole book mm -hmm. of know my word. Mm-hmm abide in my word even jesus i love this too and you could you could preach this message for hours but in uh john 6 feeding the five thousand, mm -hmm. what does jesus say to these jews who they, they're chasing after him on the boat and you know jesus went to the other side and they they find him and they're like jesus we we, we want more bread basically they're like mm -hmm. we you know and jesus is like you're not here because of me mm -hmm. you're here because you had your fill of the loaves mm -hmm. and the jews thinking in a jewish way coming from a works-based faith they're like what do we have to do to be doing the works of god mm -hmm. what does jesus say the work of god is to believe love that that's what he says love it the work of god is to believe yeah. and in in a in a in a huge way, I believe that's the work of every believer. Mm. The work in that all of us are doing in our journey of sanctification is learning to believe yeah. more, learning to believe more about what God says yeah. about us, yeah. learning to believe more and more the truth of the gospel and yeah. what that means for us. Yeah. And so John is painting this picture that the work is to believe and the way you begin to believe is by abiding in the word because the word brings forth the truth. It shows you the truth of God's heart for you. And in the truth of God's heart, when you can grasp, and some of us, all of us, that's a journey of grasping more and more. We never reach it. But the more you can grasp the truth of God's heart for you, the more freedom you find. Yes. And that's that's the text. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. So you mentioned something. This is so good. You mentioned something, Jackson, saying, and there are times where you'll start to believe the lie and it'll almost make you fearful to go and pray. Like to yeah. come to God and mm -hmm. share and and, and yeah. share your heart, reveal your heart to Him, expose yourself to Him. It makes me afraid to preach. It makes you afraid to preach. Certainly, my guess is, yeah. If you'd be afraid to uh, pray, you'd certainly be afraid to preach. Absolutely. Um, and and it's such a lie coming up against a scripture that comes into my mind in Hebrews, where it says, "Man, we are to come boldly to the throne of grace, That's right, and to share our needs." Mm -hmm. So that God would offer grace and mercy and help in our time of need. Mm. And like that's the that's the promise of God. That's right. That that's right. we get to come to him boldly, not hesitantly, not like, oh no, fearfully. No, boldly to him. That's right. Because we know who he is. We know how gracious he is. We know how merciful he is. And we so know how sufficient the cross of Christ was. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. perhaps there's someone here today who's like, man, I need that. Like, yeah. I need that because I yeah. am not coming to the Lord boldly. I am mm. not approaching the throne of grace boldly. 
to help in my time of need. I'm approaching yeah. it hesitantly, struggling to remind myself of all that Christ has provided for me in his substitutionary atonement, the forgiveness that is extended towards me in all of my brokenness, all of my shame, all of my filth yeah. is, is covered by the blood of That's the right. Lamb. Yeah, and that, John, that is, uh, that is the best part about this is in that moment when you 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 pre, you just said the words of the, of the bible boldly mm. confidently come before the throne of grace mm. when you said that the spirit was testifying within my soul come on and that's what it is mm. i do that with my friends all the time we we don't call it this linoceros but, well it's the linoceros you know truthfully the linoceros happened for a long time now it's just a part of our community yeah. it's so embedded in our community we don't even need the linoceros mm. and we have these like truth sessions we don't call them truth sessions but these moments where we as believers can stand firm and we can look a lie straight in the face mm. and preach the word of god to the lie mm. oh that's good Dog. that's good stuff God. that that stuff will set a fire in your soul yeah when you can say i'm believing this lie and then you look at it with other believers and you say this lie will no longer hold me yeah this lie has no more authority and dominion over my life yeah this lie i will speak the truth of the gospel to the lie and the word of god you open up that word and you say, thus saith the Lord. That's it. Preach there it is therefore yourself. now no condemnation. Yes. There, th thus saith the Lord. I can approach boldly the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I think people need to understand. And we're going to get to this last question here because it's so good. Um, like as teachers, as communicators, we have to preach this thing first to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, man, I, I, I preach the message that I spent sometimes, you know, a dozen plus hours preparing yeah. throughout the week, sometimes two dozen hours preparing throughout the week. I have to preach that thing first to myself. Yeah. Like that thing needs to testify to me yeah. that it's true yep. first that I've worked on. And, and then it's like, then only then can I go before God's people and those who are investigating the faith and, and share it confidently. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I mean, dude, isn't that how God works though? Yeah. Because oftentimes when I'm preparing for a message and it's not every time, but oftentimes God teaches me that lesson firsthand. Mm -hmm. You have to live in it. First. You have to live in it first. Yeah. I just, I just preached on a Sunday morning at my church on suffering. Mm. And oh man, if the Lord didn't do it, the suffering that week for me was immense. Jeez. I'm still walking in that suffering. Yeah. And we have to preach that word to ourselves, man. Yeah. It is it is so so real and for any anyone who looks at preachers of the word and thinks man they got it all figured out they got it together yeah they they're they're doing good these they don't they don't know brother you don't know the half of them. they don't know man they don't know the demons man they don't know the battles 
waging in our minds and in our hearts and the things we have to submit to the Lord constantly. Yeah. And that's not to say, oh, feel bad for us. That's to say, we're in it too. Yeah. We have to live this out. And I think it's important also, like, as much as like, and I don't want to be like, oh, this all of a sudden becomes like a, a preaching podcast where we're just talking about, you know, the struggles of preaching God's word. But this is real. And it and it's certainly in line with with our text that was shared yesterday. The fact is, like, not only do they not know like people because they can't, no one can. Like, I can't know what you went through and and they can't know and right what you went through and they can't know what yeah. I go through on a regular basis as well. But the reality is they not only know the struggle. They don't know the struggle that you go through. They also don't know the road of sanctification that God has put you on and the growth in godliness and the hours on your face and the time and counseling with a Christian brother or sister, which is going to segue right into our last question here, that, that came out of that season, came out from that time, and that God has gotten you out of the other end of it, even though you're still in the thick of it, but yeah. all that he has accomplished through his goodness, through his grace, through his mercy, through his training ground that he has put you in, the oven, the fire that he has put you in to get the, the result of where you are today, right. which is still an imperfect person yeah. saved by Absolutely. grace alone in faith. And that so. that's what when I when I think about the lies, lies often lead to suffering. Yeah. We suffer because of lies that we believe. Yeah. And, you know, in we know that suffering, like if you today are suffering under the weight of a lie, the Bible tells us a good truth that suffering produces character yeah. and character produces endurance Yeah, and endurance produces hope and hope makes us not ashamed. That's right. For the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans chapter five. Yes. Yes. And exactly. Amen. Now, how does all of this? And so th- this is we're landing the plane here. What does it look like to live out this passage in community? So community is such an integral piece uh, of the fulfillment of not believing the lies and, yeah. and trusting the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth of God's word, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. How do we do this in community and what is the impact of community in our lives when, when we live this thing out? You have to do it in community. Yes. There, there is no, there are moments where you speak the truth to yourself. There are moments where honestly, most of the time you're speaking the truth to yourself because that's a, that's got to become a, almost like liturgical practice mm-hmm. of speaking the truth over yourself. Mm-hmm. And for the biggest lies that we believe, for the hardest lies that we believe, the lies that we don't just catch and can speak the truth and move on, the lies that are deeper set within us, you have to do that in community. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's the practice of being able to, it, it's twofold. It's twofold in the sense that there's both bringing the lie to your brothers yep. or sisters and then your brothers and sisters bringing the lie to you. Yep. You need both of those components. Yep. When you notice there's a lie in you and and you're struggling to break free from that lie, 
That's when you got to go to a brother or sister and say, I'm stuck in this lie. Mm. There's this lie that I'm believing. I need prayer. Mm. I need y'all to speak the truth over me. I need, I need boldness. Yeah. And then the other thing, the other component, is you being in Christian community, the kind of Christian community where your brothers and sisters know you intimately and know you well. Yes. That where you can look at your brother and say, John, man, you're believing this lie over yourself. Yeah. And I don't even know if you see it. Yeah. But you're deep in this lie. And we need to speak the truth to this lie. Yeah. We, we, we have been, we, freedom has been won in Christ. Yes. And we will claim that over ourselves. Yes. And we will speak the truth into that, into that lie. Yeah. And so it's both of those components. Yes. Yeah. Like, I got to be real with y'all. Like, I don't know where I would be. I know I actually do. I have an idea of where I'd be without the community of God, without the community of faith. Same. Without community. Dog, Absolutely. Community is so integral. So, so hear us out. And I hope you heard what Jackson had to say there. If you're not living in Christian community and like, to be honest, that even goes beyond like, well, I'm in a small group and we meet every 14 days. Like, great. That's a huge start. Great Wonderful. start. Wonderful job. Great job. But I'm talking regular community. I'm talking there's someone in your life who is not your spouse, even though your spouse should know this as well if you're married, but there's someone in your life who knows the worst about you. Yeah, They know some of the hardest things about you. They know some of the idiosyncrasies that you have and that haunts you and that you wrestle with. And, and they know, man, they know how this person ticks. And, and they know your highest highs and your lowest lows. If there is not someone like that in your life who you share life with and you also know a whole lot about them, you are missing out. That's right. You are missing out. That's why this like autonomous Christian concept that we have of like, we're just on an island. I don't need a church. I don't need membership. I don't need small groups. It's just me and my, my buddy Joe Schmo. And we hang out on Sunday mornings and we get a couple beers at the pub and we can talk about the Bible all we want there. It is so wild. And it is so far from what God calls us rather invites us to be a part of mm -hmm. and we miss out so much when we choose to live in such a way absolutely and you know what it is john it's it's that we're more blind than we think we are that's true a lot of times we live thinking we have 2020 vision when really half that mm. if that we think it's the same thing of like we think we we could we we think knowing the answers to the test is enough yeah that's not enough. Yeah. And and we we need that other person to be able to to see to see where where we're missing the mark yeah. and where the lies are that we believe because you know they're so much deeper and more embedded in us than we know. Yeah. And we we need the the light of community to to bring those things to surface. Yes. And yes, I, I'm so thankful for my brothers in Christ who I walk with on a daily basis. Dog. And it, 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 I, I cannot speak to the fullness of what that has meant for me and, and the power that that has had in my walk with Christ. It's life changing. It's life changing. It's, it's life changing. Life altering. And, until you get a taste of that, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't understand. So if you if you if you're sitting there, you're like, man, I want a taste of that. I haven't had a taste of that. 
oh, let's get you a taste of that. Yeah. Yeah. Get involved. First, it really does usually start, I'd say nine times out of 10. It starts with you becoming a part of a local faith community. Yeah. And usually it comes from that local faith community where you right. rub shoulders with some guys. And I'll say this, I'll challenge you. For me, I'm, I'm pretty strong on this. If you're a man, it's got to be another man, right? If you're a woman, it's it's got to be another woman. Um, again, not saying if you're married, obviously you need to have that type of deep intimacy with your spouse. You should have that. They should know the most about you than anyone else. But I'm saying just like brothers, we need brothers, sisters in the faith. We need sisters in the faith. That's a wisdom thing. That's just a wisdom thing, yeah. man. That's a Billy Graham rule and then and then a, a segue off that. But um, the, I hope this is helpful. So just really quickly, how do we discern lies mixed with seeds of truth? Man, we get in the word and we behold God. Okay, we behold God for who he is. And in beholding God, we can better see, I don't want to say easily, because it's not always easy, but we can better see through the discernment, through the wisdom of God that he has given us through the Holy Spirit that we all have as believers. Um, we can see the lies that the enemy will bring into play in our lives and also our own flesh. Sometimes we are our own, we're, we're our worst enemy. Mm. Um, and then secondly, the second question, uh, what does it look like to live out this passage in community? Man, you can't live out this passage without community. You mm. can't live it out. You just not in its fullness. It not in its fullness. I don't think you'll experience the kind of freedom. I, th I think Jesus can, yeah. you know, but I, th I think the freedom is found in in the fullness of the truth being realized in your life, and that that is is most maybe best found in community yeah 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 love it jay hey thank you so much jackson dude thanks for having me man dude, this has been a joy brother thanks so much jackson's actually got to catch a flight here in a minute and so we're literally gonna shut this down and we're gonna pack up and he's gonna catch a flight back to nashville we pray traveling mercies over you and i know i speak for the people at crc thank you so much yeah for bringing the word of god and and thank you for the way even that you led the the post-sermon process which was really uh, in your sermon with the three ladies from adult and teen challenge and the way in which you just led that portion you led it with grace and humility and it was so cool to see you mm. lead i love watching you lead man it's it's like one of the greatest joys of my life as a man 35 now felt like i'm getting old um just seeing you prosper in the way in which god has placed his anointing on your life and to see you lead in the grace and humility that you are mm. leading in. I can't wait to see where God takes you, man. I'm mm. appreciative of your ministry and your ministry blesses me. Dang, John, yeah. I could just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to start just puffing you up now, brother. Uh, no, but uh, dude, I appreciate that. Done. God's grace, man. Yeah. Hey, CRC, I love you all. Y'all mean so much to me and I'm very grateful for y'all. Y'all are awesome. Sermon breakdown, baby. Sermon breakdown episode two. God bless you guys. We love you. Peace.